Welcome to the Discovering Our Scars podcast, where we have honest conversations about things that make us different. I'm Steph. And I'm Beth. I've been in recovery for 14 years and am the author of Discovering My Scars, my memoir about my mental health struggles, experiences, and faith. I'm a lawyer turned pastor who's all about self-awareness and emotional health because I know what it's like to have neither of those things. Beth and I have been friends for years, have gone through a recovery program together, and when I wanted to start a podcast, she was the only name that came to mind as co-host. I didn't hesitate to say yes because I've learned a lot from honest conversations with Steph over the years. We value honest conversations and we hope you do too. That's why we do this and why we want you to be part of what we're discussing today. On today's show, we're going to have an honest conversation titled A New Hope. Then we'll share a slice of life and the show will close with questions for reflection, where we invite you to reflect on the conversation in your own life. So a new hope. Are we talking about Star Wars? Isn't that the name of a Star Wars movie? I know. When I thought of the title, I was like, why does that sound so catchy? And I realized it was Star Wars. Sorry. No, sorry. Spoiler. This has nothing to do with Star Wars. Right. That's uh, that's all our star, all my Star Wars knowledge. That was They're, my knowledge. We're done. I have more knowledge, but... Um, not enough for actually a whole episode <laughs> of podcasting. And I don't know why we would. No. And honestly. And should? No. 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 So. Plenty of Star Wars <laughs> podcasts out there if anybody's interested. <laughs> if you wanted a whole episode about Harry Potter, I am there. I can make that happen oh. for you. That would be my, that Harry Potter is my Star Wars. There you go. <laughs> so A New Hope is referring not to the Star Wars franchises, franchise, but to present day present day our new hope is dun, 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 vaccinations, vaccinations. <laughs> so um about a year ago a little over a year now we started podcasting once a week mm-hmm. when we were in lockdown um for from the pandemic pandemic right. COVID 19 lockdown and because everything was changing and so yes. that's why we felt like it was interesting to be able to to podcast once a week because everything was changing and Mm -hmm. now here we are a year later and i will tell you i have not had any desire or ability to listen to those episodes Mm. in that whole year like i listened to the episodes when we said them right (laughs) and when you edited (laughs) and when i edited them but i had not listened to them since because i was like that was a really trying time and i don't think i want to go back there but a few weeks ago, we were planning uh, an episode and I got a phone call from my doctor and, and they said, uh, would you, we have the COVID-19 vaccine, would you like to get it? And I was like, yes, yes, sign me up. And they said, how about tomorrow at noon? I said, yes, I'll be there. And so I was just very, very excited. And I didn't realize how much that was going to bring me hope, hope mm-hmm. for the future. And, um, it was in that, like just that simple phone call that I just felt like this wave of hope that I hadn't felt in over a year. And in fact, after I got that call, I had the desire to listen to our pandemic episodes again, which was interesting. And it was so interesting. I listened to, I think the second one, I haven't listened to all of them, but, uh, it was interesting to just hear what we talked about and how much we talked about like cleaning our hands and touching mm-hmm. our face, which is still a thing, but it's not as heightened as it was back then. And remember when we weren't supposed to touch packages and right. I everything mean, had to sit for a yes, day. Yes. I mean, there were so many things that, and you were talking about, um, you know, when the pandemic's over, if you're going to, how you're going to handle your kids wanting to be around their friends, like mm-hmm. just like all these things that we're now at a different space with, it was just so interesting to hear. 
And I definitely want to listen to all those episodes again because it's it's like a time capsule. But I can listen to them now because I do have hope. And for me, um, and and this is for me, like for me, there was so much hope in the prospect of me getting the vaccine. So my mom got the vaccine back in January. She was able to get it uh, right when they came out because she is at high risk. And that was very hopeful. That I mean, it was more of a relief and a comfort um, to know that she was, you know, more protected. And if if she was to get the virus, that um, it wouldn't be as, you know, detrimental as as it could have been before. But when I was able to get it, there was just this this hope that I hadn't felt um, in so long. And it was like it was basically like with that once I'm fully vaccinated, it was like I can maybe go back to Starbucks and I can maybe I can be around friends again that are vaccinated. I could be around my nibblings without my mask on. You know, it wasn't it was, you know, maybe one day I can eat in a restaurant again. <laughs> like it was like it was simple things, yeah. but things that I used to enjoy that I haven't been able to enjoy in over a year. And it was realizing that I could have some of those things that I used to enjoy and cherish. I could, those things can come back. And that was the hope that I was seeing with, with that simple needle. I was surprised when I was able to get vaccinated in February because I'm working in a hospital. And then shortly after that, my husband was able to get vaccinated. And then just, just this week, actually, that we're recording, um, my 16-year-old was able to get her first dose. And it's um, amazing to me, not amazing, but surprising, each time that has happened, the amount of relief that I have felt. And it is a signal to me of how much emotional baggage has kind of come with this pandemic without me even realizing it, right? Because I kind of didn't realize it until it was gone. Or maybe just that I've carried it so long, I got used to carrying it, and then all of a sudden I didn't have to carry it anymore. I was like, oh, that's much better. Mm -hmm. That's much better. So I am I am really hopeful um, about vaccine distribution and about what that will what that will mean for us. I do think one aspect of this that I'm just sort of beginning to think about is how privilege impacts this, right? So privileged in terms of we happen to live in a community where there's plenty of vaccine available and appointments are pretty easy to get. We'll put a couple of links in show notes to how you can get um, how you can find vaccine appointments that are available near you because there are a couple of really good websites, not just for Florida, but that work everywhere. But so not only is our community, I think, ahead in terms of vaccination, but um, our country is right. So I think that there are a lot of people in other countries who would really like to have access to the vaccine that don't have it yet. But I'm so hopeful that it's coming. Right. It's like it's got to start somewhere. And so. Um, hopefully this will be a wave that continues to roll out and more and more people will be able to get access to the vaccine. Yeah. I mean, I realize just how simple it was for me to get a vaccine. I will mention a couple months ago, I emailed my doctor. I have like a online portal and I emailed her asking um, just when she thought younger people would be able to get a vaccine. And she said she didn't know, but she could put me on a list. So I'm assuming that's why I got a phone call from my doctor. I don't think right. they're just calling people up right. randomly. <laughs> um, I think, and I think they had just gotten the vaccine and I happened to be on that list for, you know, when it was open to all ages. And so I think that's how it happened, but it was so simple. I just went in, there was, I had my own room. They stuck the needle in. I sat there 15 minutes in the room by myself done. I mean, it was amazing. Um, so I do recognize how like privileged and like yeah. how much of an honor it was to like not have to 
really do anything. I just, you know, made one email to my doctor. Um, but I would, you know, if you're looking for the vaccine, start with your doctor's office. Yeah. Number one, like I, I didn't even know if my doctor would get it. I literally was just kind of asking the question, but, um, you know, your doctor's offices, and that might be even a quicker way of getting it. Um, if they're getting a certain amount for their patients. So, well, I took my daughter yesterday to a drive up clinic where we had an appointment. I, I don't know how many people were in line. It was the first, I think it might've been the first day that in our community, 16 and 17 year olds could get it because anyone who was a 16 or 17 year old, they put a purple piece of paper on your huh. windshield so that as you were going through the, you know, actually get the vaccine, they would know. Mm. Um, and there were a lot of pieces of purple paper, wow. but there were a lot of people in line. There were, I mean, there were probably a few hundred people going oh. through at this drive through clinic site. And it was so easy. Like you go in, you just drive up, they tell you, everybody's got on masks and everything and you, you have to say who you are and they confirm that you have an appointment and then you sign the consent form and then you, they walk up to your car, they give you the shot and then you drive over to an observation area where you wait for 15 minutes in case, you know, something mm -hmm. pops up and then you're free to leave. But it, I mean, they just couldn't have made it any easier, yeah. really. We didn't even have to get out of the car. Yeah. They just couldn't have made it any easier. And I was so hopeful um, in seeing so many people there. Yeah. Yeah. I have met a few people, a few adults who have been hesitant about getting the vaccine. And I, I understand that. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to understand that. Well, I will say I have, I, I have actually um, met people that um, are definitely questioning getting the vaccine. And I will say I was one of them, um, you know, especially when it came around so fast, like there's so many questions, like, what does this do? How does, how does it work? And I didn't really have to put much thought into it because it wasn't available to me yet. <laughs> so, right. and my mom and dad actually got it way before me. So I'm like, well, if, if these two can get it and be fine, I mean, that's probably a good sign for me. Um, but I will say I did research it because um, knowledge is power. And I think that was part of it is you hear these stories, you hear people talk about it, you hear, you know, this and that, but it's empowering to do the research yourself and, and to find out what's in these vaccines and stop listening to the noise of, you know, the social media and stuff like that. Um, and I actually... I had a friend that was sa said they only wanted Johnson Johnson. I only wanted mm. it because it's it's they they made it. Uh, Johnson Johnson is just like the flu shot, and so it has research years of research on how um, you know on doing a, a vaccine. And I, in that moment, I just was like kind of shocked by this conversation, and I didn't have the knowledge to say, well, no, 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 actually, it's not at all like the flu vaccine, but. Um, I did some research. I actually found a very good video clip that explains the different vaccines. And in fact, all of the vaccines are using new technology right. and they are not using the flu. Um, the same technique that the flu vaccine is you, it, the flu vaccine uses a dead virus and that is not what these are using. Um, they are both or all of them are using new technology because of how far we've progressed. We are living in the future when you look at our right. vaccines and how the, how they were able to do it so quickly is based on years and years and years of research and vaccine studies and, you know, all of that. It's new to us, but it's yeah. not new to the scientists who have been working in this field. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And when you really look into that and learn about it, it, it makes sense. And they're all all the vaccines are approaching it a little differently, but still the same concept. And, um, and so I, and I can send you a link to put in the show notes of this video clip. Cause that was really helpful for me to see, see that and to kind of understand that. And, um, 
you know, I can't say that I, I know every single thing that is in it and that I love that chemicals are being put in, into me. Um, but I can tell you that this is an unprecedented event. This is, and also I think this has shown us that we are very susceptible to viruses and on a global scale. And so, um, you know, when you look at the history of just different infectious diseases and how much they have been knocked out by vaccinations and how important vaccinations are, um, like there's no, for me, there's no denying that this is something that um, I, in fact, was going to get. I don't love having to put chemicals in my body, but, you know, look at the foods we eat. <laughs> I mean, right. look at, look at, I mean, if you've eaten at McDonald's, you've probably had some, uh, <laughs> some worse <laughs> things than this. And I sure, I sure have. So, um, you know, so, so for me, like there just was no denying that this is something that I, with my medical history, there was nothing that was of concern. Like for my mom, she has some high risk factors and there were, there were some concerns, but for all of her concerns, it outweighed um, that this was so important to get this. Um, but it is a personal choice. Like everyone has to kind of make that choice. And it's not, we do live in a country where we're not forced to make those choices and we get to have that choice. But I really, um, you know, I really hope everyone takes the time to research it, to talk to their doctor about it and to make that choice and not just to sit and just say, oh, I'm not getting it, but really examine what um, what are your concerns about it and and try to get answers for those. I do know like I, I know somebody that has an autoimmune disease and they did talk to their doctor about it and their doctor's like, we really don't know. Like right. we really don't know how this might affect it. And that's legit, you know, and I'm not going to tell someone, well, you know, go, go get it. Like that's something you have right. to decide for yourself. And I understand that. And for me, that's why I had to get the vaccine because there's so many people out there with those, those questions and those concerns, which are super valid. And I'm not going to tell you, go get the vaccine. I'm going to tell you to do your research and to talk to your doctor. But that's why all of us that don't have those concerns in our history, like get it, get it as quick as we can is my thought. I think it's important not to just um, dismiss people that are um, that are questioning the vaccine because I think that there's it's important to question it. I think it's important to not just put you know just take something that we don't know what it is. You know I do think that's important, um, but I think it's important when our friends say that to us, like to not just dismiss them. Like I had a friend just the other day that um, I was talking about getting the vaccine, and she was like, she's like yeah and i was like what do you mean and i was like are you an anti-vaxxer and i said it kind of like that mm. and then i realized like oh wait a minute i just shut down the conversation and i was like no sorry sorry i didn't mean that like you know elaborate on that and so we did have a conversation about um you know some of her concerns and um you know if we shut down our friends in that conversation then we're not we're not helping anyone and we're not um, you know, doing our part to be a friend to those people. And that's with anything, vaccines, anything. Like if it's something that we don't agree with, that doesn't mean that like, I mean, my natural reaction if someone says something I don't agree with is to just be like, <laughs> <laughs> which that's a word, right? Um, but I'm really trying to um, be aware of those feelings and to not dismiss people because I think if anything has shown us in the last few years, um, we got to come together and um, and not just dismiss people that are different than us. Yeah, I, I totally respect if someone has an underlying medical issue or they have some concerns about the vaccine and they have researched it 
and decided that for them, this is not the right time or the right vaccine. What I have a harder time with is people who just have this knee-jerk reaction that says, well, well, all of you liberals think we should be vaccinated, and I'm not letting the government do that to me. I have a harder time with that um, concept. I don't know that many people who are who are hesitant to get the vaccine. Um, I I do have a friend who has some pretty serious underlying medical issues, and so she and her doctors, like the friend that you mentioned, mm-hmm. are are kind of in consultation about it. And I appreciate that the doctors are approaching it with humility to mm-hmm. say there are things we don't know. This is this is why I would maybe lean towards you getting the vaccine, but ultimately, uh, and as you say that. That makes it, I think, more incumbent on those of us who don't have those hesitations, those those medical reasons why maybe this would be a question mark to just get it because that's what it's going to take for us to knock out this mm-hmm. virus and for us to end this pandemic. There are also um, some reports of, and I, I've run into this just a little bit at the hospital, some reports about people of color being hesitant to get the vaccine. And I was reading on uh a Johns Hopkins website, which I'll put a link to, and and they were acknowledging that in vaccine hesitancy. So I'll read you this one quote. They said, incidents of the medical establishment endangering the health or betraying the trust of black patients and research participants have complicated the relationship between the medical establishment and these communities. And I think that that's fair, right? To, To look back at history and go, well, the medical community has mistreated black people, has used them as research subjects against their consent or without their consent in ways that kind of raises a question mark there. Um, So Johns Hopkins is saying, you know, this is a different situation and we would encourage people of color to be vaccinated, but I'll put a link to that in case it would be helpful to anyone. Well, and, and you can say that this is a different situation, so they shouldn't be concerned, but as somebody that has trauma in my past, Mm. um, you can tell me all day long that this is different, so right. get over it. Right. Um, but you don't. You have no idea unless you've experienced my life. You have no idea right. what that trauma feels like. I had a situation, um, you know, where I was uh, sent to um, sent to a mental hospital without a, without fully knowing where I was going, and um, and it really. I didn't see medical professionals for years and years and years after that because of how much I was traumatized from that. And it was about maybe like six or seven years later, um, I had this weird um, kind of shaking experience and my parents were there and they didn't know what was going on. I didn't know what was going on. It was really scary. And so I think one of my parents was like, let's take you to the ER. And um, And so right when they said that, I just started crying and shaking and I didn't know it even more shaking right because I was already shaking and I didn't realize um I was having oh I was having panic attack yeah I was having panic attack because it brought me right back to when I was you know forced like taken to um the hospital without knowing what was happening and I was with my parents this time I would this was years later but still I was panicked about going and I did in fact go to the ER I was able to get myself through the panic panic attack um but I uh and by the way the shaking stopped and I never was never seen at the ER so that's the story <laughs> on that but um but you had a trauma response but that's what I'm saying is yeah. this was years and years yes. later that I still had a response to this so to just dismiss people's concerns um of what uh you know the history of uh, black patients 
in this country, like we have to do more than than just say, well, this is different. Right. Um, I don't have the answers of how we how we do that. But I do think it's very important to, um, you know, if if you have a friend that expresses those kind of concerns, just talking through with them right. is validating that this is this is our uh, a horrible truth from our, our past. And, um, you know, is being there for them and and helping them through that, because that is some that's trauma that you know, we've, we've never experienced ourselves. One thing that, ha- that helped at, uh, at the hospital at least was I'm thinking in particular about three women of color who told me that they really didn't want to get the vaccine. They waited and got the vaccine maybe four weeks after the rest of the hospital employees so that they could see for themselves, okay, this is going to be okay. You know, lots of Lots of different people and different kinds of people are are getting this vaccine, and it seems to be okay. I feel comfortable with it now, and I, and and I'll do it. And I and I thought that that was smart on their part, you know, to kind of wait until they were really comfortable, but also that they approached it kind of with an with a somewhat open mind, so that they could see that it was okay. I thought that was really valid. And, and if anybody had pushed them into, you must be in this first set to get the vaccine, I think that would have been a real mistake. I also think it's, um, it would be, imp- I think it would be really helpful if the the person administering the vaccine even talked through more than they would. Like, there, mm-hmm. there was no talking through my vaccine, no, yeah. uh, which I didn't, I didn't need that. I didn't have right. those concerns, but I never even saw the vial that I just like the medicine was already in the syringe, but I could even see um, a comfort being watching them take it out of the, you know, the labeled mm-hmm. thing, taking it out. Like, so they know this is the vaccine. This is it, it just all of those little things I help, I think would help um, ease, ease people's minds that, um, you know, are having those, those concerns. It's like you say, knowledge is power. Exactly. So in whatever ways we can walk acquire or it. share knowledge, exactly. that's a good thing. Yeah. So I hope those things are happening. I'm, I'm hoping that, um, that that's the ways that the government can help acknowledge the past and help people move into this, um, this new world we're in. I remember listening to news reports sort of early on in the pandemic, or maybe, you know, maybe May, April, May, June, in there somewhere. The person who does health reporting for the New York Times, he was kind of reporting on how long it generally takes to get a vaccine, right? And that the fastest it had ever happened before was four years. Mm -hmm. And so I remember thinking, wow, four years. We don't have the patience to live like this for four years. I don't have the patience to live like this for four years. What will that mean? And that's part of, I think, what's feeding into my sense of hope right now is it didn't take four years, right? Within a year, we were able to start vaccinating people. And maybe we'll all have to have boosters. Maybe this won't last that long, you know. But right now, I have hope that as more people get vaccinated, fewer people will get sick, fewer people will die, fewer people will have those long-term complications. And that gives me hope. And I think the whole the whole thing about this is a choice, which is what we love about our country and sometimes get frustrated about our country, (laughs) maybe too much choice in some situations, but, um, but because there is choice and this is not forced upon us. Um, and because there's so everyone is different. You can't just say, okay, you guys, we're all getting the vaccine. You're not going to have any complications. That's why people are hesitant. But I think that's also why we have to continue to wear masks Uh, as much as we don't want to. That's why, 
even with us being vaccinated, like there are many people that still have these concerns that aren't ready to be vaccinated for very valid reasons. Some maybe not valid reasons. I guess that's what surprised me, though, is from watching the news, you see people that are just ignorant, not wanting the vaccine. Mm -hmm. But the more I hear friends and people that I know, people that I respect get, have, have valid reasons for not getting the vaccine yet. That surprised me, I guess. I was always thinking the people that weren't getting the vaccine were just uneducated. Just a knee-jerk reaction exactly. they were having, yeah. But there are very, very valid reasons that once you hear someone's story, it's like, there's no denying that. Like, oh, yeah, that would make me pause as well. So that's why I think it's just, we can't just dismiss somebody and we can't just assume they're an anti-vaxxer. And in my mind, an anti-vaxxer is somebody that... Well, I think of someone who would be anti, anti-vaccination as being anti-science. Yeah, I think a lot of that comes from like a few years ago. I think you even mentioned like when you had young kids, there was this whole push for no vaccinations. Right. And you even asked your doctor, you even questioned it and said, is this something I should be yeah. concerned about? Well, yeah. When my kids, especially when my son, cause he's my oldest, when it was time for him to get some of his vaccinations when he was two, there was a lot of controversy in the news about a potential link between vaccinations and autism which has not played out. It's turned out that there's, there's no link there. That's not true, but it was enough to make me pause, right? It was enough to make me ask my doctor more questions. It was enough to make me do more research. I think that there are concerns like that, that do stop some people from, from choosing to vaccinate their children. And, and that's, that's why I come back to, I don't have those hesitations. And so I have like almost like this duty to yeah. go through with it because it, it reduces the risk that the unvaccinated folks will be will be exposed to the contagion. So, yeah, and I was I saw a news article that was like, you know, how do we get people vaccinated? Um, and and one of them was talking about like, what's your reason for being vaccinated? Like finding mm -hmm. out what people's reason. Um, and it was interesting because yeah, I mean, my reason was um, I wanted to protect myself and others. Like that was right. my reason is I didn't want to be the I didn't want to be part of spreading something that could, uh, you know, potentially kill someone could potentially have, um, cause them ha to have symptoms for the rest of their life. I didn't want to be part of that. And, uh, that's why I got vaccinated. So Beth, what's your why? There are things that I miss doing yeah. and I, and I'm hoping, well, I actually, I mean, I've been fully vaccinated now for more than a month. I mean, almost six weeks. And so there are things that I'm starting to do now I've eaten inside a restaurant a couple of times. Wait, you did not tell me that. Yeah, I did. What restaurant? McDonald's? Uh, no, I ate inside Ted's and I oh. ate inside a Jalisco. But that was my why for getting the vaccine was there were some things that I was really missing. Being around other people, um, being in person for church, which I haven't tried yet, but but will. Eating inside restaurants. And, and not wanting to transmit the virus to anyone. That's why I still wear a mask, like you said. And I forgot one of my major reasons um, of wanting the vaccine besides, you know, not spreading the virus was um, I, I want to go back to Disney World and go in indoor rides <laughs> because I, we've gone to Disney twice, um, but we just kind of walked around. We didn't do any any indoor rides. And that's what I, I've been wanting to do is indoor rides, which Disney, like I've said, you know, you say Disney and you say virus and you're like, those don't go together, but they have been doing a really good job and they do inside. They do have like um, plexiglass cues set up and stuff, um, but I hadn't been comfortable doing that yet. 
um, because it didn't feel responsible to be inside (laughs) during the pandemic. But with the vaccine, I'm um, I feel like I'm protected and protecting other people and I'll have my mask on, obviously. So, um, yeah, that was another reason. So I think the fact that I want to go to Disney, like is a big reason means that your reason doesn't have to be anything like, oh, so special. Like Mm. it can be selfish and well and i don't even think that's selfish i you know it could right. be whatever but it could be you could have a selfish reason yeah, that's okay that's, there's nothing right. wrong with that yeah like but i wouldn't even think i i don't think it's we even need to say that like me wanting to go to disney is a selfish reason for getting the vaccine no i think whatever your reason like find your reason for for researching find your reason for getting it find your research find your reason for for whatever um and write it down plast it up and once you're once you're fully vaxxed, take it down and do your thing. Well, we do have a ton of fun making this podcast fun. and we've heard from some folks that they wonder how they can support us. By the way, we're so thankful for everybody who has gone to our buy me a coffee, our BMAC page uh, to buy me a cup of coffee or stuff a cup of tea. We actually have been saving those uh, that support so that we can actually enjoy it when we're both vaccinated. Yes. So oh, we're looking awesome. forward to it. It's coming. The day is coming. But if you haven't had a chance to do that yet, do it today. Go over to buy me a coffee and become a monthly supporter or or just do a one-time thing, whatever you want to do. And that'll give you access to the PDFs of the questions for reflection that you could print out and use in your journal. We also put pictures there and outtakes, polls, all sorts of stuff. Well, speaking of BMAC, we actually got a voicemail this week from someone who is not only a former guest, but also a BMAC supporter. Lori gave us a call to talk about uh, something she heard in a recent episode. So let's hear that. Hey, Steph and Beth, it's Lori Keller in Tallahassee, and I just finished listening to the episode, What's in a Name? Um, I did not keep my maiden name as my middle name when I got married the first time. Um, I took my first husband's uh, last name as my last name. Um, After he passed away, um, and I remarried, I chose to use my first husband's last name as my middle name. Interesting. So now I'm Lori Simpson Keller for that reason, partly to honor my first husband and also to honor my son, who from my first marriage has my late husband's last name as well. And actually, I um, it feels like it fits. Um, but names have power, I think, as you said in your episode, and I just could not let go of the Simpson name. Thanks. Love your podcast. Bye. That's so interesting. I never knew that Simpson wasn't her maiden name. I didn't know that either. I knew that she had been widowed, but yeah. I guess I had never made that connection. Yeah. So thanks for telling us yes, that, Lori. That, that was really interesting. So interesting. I had no idea either. We've known Lori for years and did not not know that. That is so cool. And I love the I love the reasoning too. Like that's her son's last name, right? And so they still have that that connection. Yeah, and yeah. even better that it fits her. So yeah. she has a name that she feels fits her well, which I think is amazing. Yeah, wonderful. Now I'm wondering what her if she ever what her original middle name was, right? Or what her original maiden name was. There's so much There's we so don't know questions. about you, Lori. We need you to call back, Lori. Once you're vaccinated, <laughs> I think I don't know. I think she is vaccinated. 
I don't we all know. need to get together and have a vaccinated uh, coffee coffee hangout. Well, if you want to give us a call and leave us a voicemail, you can do that by calling 850-270-3308. We always like to hear your feedback. So Beth, do you have any weird news for me? Well, I do have one and actually it's Disney related. So oh, I feel great. like this is, you know, the new hope you have that after vaccination, yes. you'll be able to go to Disney. Well, the pandemic actually interfered with this person's Disney plans too. He's a man from Texas and he had planned to run from Disneyland in California mm-hmm. all the way to Walt Disney World here in Florida, a total of 2,761 miles. And he's doing it to raise awareness about type 1 diabetes, which is something we've talked about on the show. Yep. It's a way to, uh, he wanted is to bring Daniel? attention. It's not Daniel. Oh, okay. He was supposed to do this in February of 2020 mm. and couldn't do it because mm. of the pandemic. But now um, he has he has taken all of this time of the pandemic. He was going to get it done in like 90 days, but now he's spread it out and he is, he actually has completed his run now. And so good for you, Don. When did he start? Well, it says he, he has done it in increments. He spread it out over the course of the 14 months, but he arrived at Disney world about five days ago. So he finally did it. Did he go on rides and stuff? It doesn't say. Like, did he go? He was greeted by a crowd of supporters, including Disney world employees when he arrived at the park. Okay. So there is some kind of Disney was aware of this. Yeah, Disney yeah. was excited to have him. Oh, okay, nice. Well, very good. I like that. That's related to Disney old podcast episode, which we'll put a link to in the show notes. And it's weird. Yeah. And pandemic, which is kind of what we're talking about. So perfect. Man, I'm good. At the end of each episode, we end with questions for reflection. These are questions based on today's show that Beth will read and leave a little pause between for you to pause the podcast and answer it to yourself. Or you can find a PDF of the questions on our Buy Me a Coffee page. Number one, how do you feel about the COVID-19 vaccine? Number two, have you spent time researching and reflecting on whether you and or your family will get the vaccine? Why or why not? Number three, What can you do to understand people who feel differently about the vaccine than you do? And number four, what gives you hope for the future? This has been the Discovering Our Scars podcast. Thank you for joining us.